Are you, Are you ready? ready? Let's go! Don't you sometimes just want to talk about everything? You know, there's days when you can just talk, 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 about anything. Need to sit back and chat about nothing at all? Nothing but Julie. Coming at you with fun and creative topics and interviews. Did you hear Julie's podcast? She's got the greatest topic. I did. I love it. Come join the chat about everything, anything, and nothing. So unwind and tune in to Nothing But Julie. Great topics and cool interviews. With some pretty awesome people. And now, without further delay, here's Nothing But Julie. Hi, everybody. This is Julie Schrager and Rhonda Marie, and this is Nothing But Julie podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you, Rhonda? I'm doing well, Julie. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a nothing to talk about much weekend. How about you? <laughs> pretty pretty much the same, but I mean, boring is, is good sometimes. I, you know, I was going to say something like that. I guess in today's world, it's it's good to not have anything to really kind of complain about over the weekend, but be bored. Right. I mean, yeah. I was, I, I um, did this Monday mission uh, podcast and in it, I was talking about um, a ticket that I got. I don't know if you, if you had a minute to listen, but um, my husband and I decided to go to the beach this weekend just to get out and, you know, have like a different, you know, view. And so, you know, we took the dogs and I used this app to pay for the parking meter. Uh huh. And, you know, we're walking down the boardwalk and it's so beautiful. And this man who, I guess, you know, checks to make sure everybody paid, passes by us. And my husband said, oh, I hope we don't get a ticket. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, like, I hope I did everything right. Well, guess what? I get back and there's a friggin' ticket oh, no. in my front window. And I realized that the app has my car's license plate and we took my husband's car. So I guess what they do is, you know, they just check the license plate number and then automatically they think, oh, they didn't pay for it. So I took a picture of my husband's car, like with the, 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 um, the meter spot and everything. Like I took so many pictures so I can contact them and say, no, I really did pay. It's a $60 ticket. Oh my God. That's not like a, not like a 10 or $15 that just whatever, not worth all the hassle. So ridiculous. But I mean, I get it. I understand that it's like a, you know, look, if you're not going to pay the, the measly $4, then this is what's going to happen. But I will fight. I will fight for my right to park. But I do that. Uh, luckily, the um, the app also like sends you a receipt with oh, yeah. like the spot number and the date and the time. So clearly I can like, you know, show it to them. But I, I was saying like, you know, I, I got so pissed and I was in a bad mood and then I just left the car for a minute and walked away and decided I can either be, you know, really angry or I can just say, ah, screw it and just enjoy the rest of the day because it was so beautiful. And so I said, ah, screw it. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the day. But in the back of my head, <laughs> what's bothering me? It's just these you know, little things, these little pet peeves of mine, you know, just. I have to do that too. Sometimes I have to be like, you know, is this worth like. You know, I do the the five minute and five years rule. Like, is this going to matter to me in five years? If not, you get five minutes to get over it and then move on. Oh, and so, I, yeah, I kind of sometimes I have to remind myself, though, because I'll be like, you know, when you like, like you said, you just get annoyed about a little thing. Like I went to a market on Saturday and, you know, we were setting up and of course it's socially distanced. So you have to be 
so far from other vendors and you have to have your mask on. And so I'm, I'm following all of those things. And then, you know, someone comes and sets, drives their big truck, like right where we need to be. And, oh. and I was like, you know, getting very annoyed and right, wanting right. to say something. And then I had to think like, is this going to matter? Are you going to think about this five years? I, I mean, I might, right. I might be like, you know, that asshole, that damn <laughs> but you know, but, it's, it's a great, it's a great way to think of that. I've done that in the past too, where I, there have been times where I've just been in such a, a an evil mood. Something would just get to me and I will say, you're good that you say five minutes. I'll say, okay, you have the day. <laughs> <laughs> to get it to be angry, I guess I should shorten it. <laughs> well, sometimes I do give myself the day, and I even like we have a code word in our house. Um, and so if you use the code word, that means that you get like four hours where everybody's just going to leave you alone because you're angry about something with them. Oh, that's and great. then you know, and then at the end of four hours, if you're still angry, you just say, Nope, I need more time. Hmm. It just keeps it keeps. Um, I learned it in therapy, and it just keeps a lot of. You know, because you always have that person that's like, I want to talk about what's wrong right now. Well, yes, and yes. I, and for me, if I'm that angry, I'm going to say something that I don't want to say. You know, so it's I but I, it's good that you've gotten to know yourself in a way where you kind of know how to handle those things because, and I'm sure you know this, there are still people, adults that still don't know how to deal with their anger and frustration and, and you know, I know that you and I discussed this at one point when I was talking about, you know, you had asked me, do you think that as you get older, you get wiser and, you know, things don't get to you as much with me? Cause I'm so type a, yes, I have gotten to know myself so much better as I've gotten older and, and the things that I don't like about myself and how I have to change them. And one of those things is not to just get so angry right out of the gate. And, and I learned that by having um, my son that, if something were to piss me off, I would just be ready. I like, let's go. And then I realized that I, I can't do that with him. I have to like, okay, let me absorb it. And let me, let me take X amount of time. And this was the, when the one day thing came in where I'm going to sleep on it. Let me come back to it in the morning where I'm more rational, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and they give you that advice, like, don't go to, don't go to bed angry. Ugh. But for me, like, it's worse if I'm still really mad and you want to talk about it because that's when I feel like that's when I lose control of, yeah. of my mouth. And then I say things <laughs> and then, you know, you can't take them back as much as you can apologize and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I did I shouldn't have said that to you. It's already out there. It's very true. And years ago, I actually, I went to therapy and, and this, this particular doctor, um, he, he was, uh, well, he was a plethora of things. And he, one of the things that he did was he um, helped with, uh, he was a behavior therapist, but he also did uh, therapy for people who had OCD and uh, other types of, I guess, ailments for lack of a better word. And I remember him saying to me, you know, why don't you come to one of the OCD groups? And I was not there for OCD, but unbeknownst to me, a, a portion of my behavior that I was looking to change, but I didn't know it was of a form of OCD where I would literally grab onto something and I wouldn't be able to let it go. And I was so irrational. I would be so irrationally angry, mm -hmm. you know, like in that moment. Right. And so I went to this group. Oy, I, I couldn't, I, I, some of these people were 
just in the thick of it. And, and, and it would range from someone who might've just had maybe like obsessive thoughts to someone who had severe tics, those mm-hmm. that had like a OCD where they needed, uh, where they had to have a certain feeling in their body. And, and so it ran the gamut and it was really interesting for me to go there and meet all these people because you would never know outside of this group that these people had these behavioral issues. They were professional. They all made a handsome salary. And here they are in this group, all talking about all these crazy things that they have going on. I shouldn't use the word crazy, but the, these things that they couldn't control. And it made me realize, oh my God, you know, I think that that's part of like human development where you are never born with that control. And sometimes depending on, I guess, like the environment that you're raised in, it can get better. It can get worse. And with me, it got worse because I had a father who not only had panic attacks and anxiety, but severe depression. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I don't want to get into all that right now with, I guess that's a whole, we can have a whole other discussion about that and, and oh, with, yes, with your mental. Fair. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> but I, I was really kind of like taken aback and I remember being very, very upset. Oh my God, I have OCD. Well, okay. I had a form of it and the form of it for me was being, you know, having irrational thoughts and clinging on to those thoughts and not knowing how to kind of like become more rational. So I went to this man for a year and it was an amazing experience how he turned my life around. And one of the things I took away from this, and we're talking 30 years later, is he had these worksheets where there were 10 questions. I'm sorry, nine questions. And the 10th question, well, it started off with what is it that you can't stop thinking about? Or what is it that's angering you? And then like another question would be, how are you handling it right now? You're answering these questions in a course of five minutes. And by the time you get to question number 10, it was, how are you feeling now? Because you literally just wrote out all of your feelings on this worksheet or you said them out loud. And he said, before you answer that last question, go back to the first and the second and the third and reread everything. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, this is such an irrational thought. And I'm so much more clear-headed now. And I took that with me into adulthood. So to this day, it's almost kind of just like a, a, an immediate thing where I don't ask myself those questions, but I can go from question one to 10 in my head in like a minute. And right. it, it makes it a lot easier to like become a little more rational in certain situations. So it just, yeah. when you said that before, it reminded me of it because it's, it's uh, I, actually, I remember maybe like 15 years ago. I was having a real difficult time and I contacted him and I begged him if he could at the time fax me um, the questionnaire and he did. And it was the exact same one that I remember because I had become very lackadaisical with the whole thing. So he's super awesome. And he, he's still, um, he's still a therapist. He's got to be God in his seventies now, but he's written books and he does podcasts and he's pretty cool. So I think it's really good when you can kind of maybe get a bit of a handle on it, but I mean, do we really, have a handle on our lives a hundred percent. Oh no, no, there's, <laughs> and that's, and I, I actually, I just, I wrote a blog about this, about how 
like it's an ongoing, Mm -hmm. you know, like you, you want to think like self-improvement is like, okay, well, I'm working on that. And then you just check the box and you're like, okay, well finished with that section. Right. But it's, it's not, you have to revisit all those sections constantly. Yeah, you do. And it's, it's, you're always working on yourself and wouldn't it be great if you could just check that box and say, okay, yeah, I'm good to go. I've done that task and now I'm, I'm fully self-actualized in that area moving on. Yeah, it would be nice if life was like that. But I think that there's people that really do believe that and they don't get that, you, you know, hey, you're still this same person. You, It's like, I, I hate to bring this up because I'm also a dog trainer, but it's like training a dog. When I train dogs, the, the owners have to be consistent. They have to keep doing yes. it. It's not, oh, okay, I taught my dog to sit and, and to stay and then that's it. And we're done. No, you have to keep reinforcing it because if you don't reinforce it, A, they're not going to keep doing it. And B, don't just expect for them on command to do something if you're not going to keep telling them to do it. It's just, oh, we, I swear, we can just keep getting into more and more things. These are future podcasts, Rhonda. <laughs> they are. They are. Okay. So guys, uh, Rhonda had really great uh, topic idea for us to talk about uh, the holidays and kind of how we celebrate and what we do and what we don't do. And so since it was her idea, I'm going to have her start off. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're, we're going to, we'll just start at the beginning of the year and go through the holidays. So I guess the first one would be new year's. Um, and you know, my new year's tradition is to stay at home. Um, I do not like crowds and going out. And so we will always just like make food that you can sort of graze on and we just hang out and play board games with our immediate family. Um, So that's kind of become our New Year's tradition. Um, Last year, my stepdaughter asked me, well, what happened? She wanted to stay up until midnight. And so we told her if she could make it, that she could stay up until midnight. And she just kept asking me, well, what happens? (laughs) What happens at midnight? She thought there was something that actually happens in the world like some kind of shift and I mean she didn't make it to midnight but she was just so disappointed when we told her that nothing really happens right it's just it changes to the new year yeah she was just she thought there was something like that she could visually see or that was tangible that happened to make this a special occasion oh you know I can imagine being a kid and thinking that way yeah, I mean, what yeah. was it? Wasn't there a time when maybe you were a kid and you thought that, like, when you woke up the next day, things might be a little different? Just as a kid, you know, I used to, I used to stay up with my grandmother, and um, I lived with my grandparents for a, a large portion of my life, and I used to stay up with her and watch the ball drop, and I, you know, I just remember, you know, it was usually just her and I, and it was just such a nice time you know, we would play cards or hang out. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that it was like magical, like for some reason when that ball dropped, like yeah. everything would be different. Yeah. You know what? Is it my turn? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a pause. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you were taking a drink. Um, so I just, I just remember as a kid, also thinking like it was a magical time, you know? And, and when I was a kid, I remember Dick Clark, you know, and I couldn't wait to see oh, him yes. and, and his wife at the end mm-hmm. would always kiss. And now it's Ryan Seacrest, obviously. But um, it was to me, too, it was like a magical time also. <clears throat> and as I got older, my parents started leaving to go to these New Year's Eve parties. And 
I felt I was so upset because I remember saying, how come you're leaving? Like, why aren't you hanging out with me and, and my sister? Like, well, I don't understand. You know, I felt so left out and like, I have to watch this ball drop now by myself. It was, it was, it was like, <laughs> it, it became like a, a sad time. So I would start associating, you know, like New Year's with it being like a kind of down depressing time for me. But then as I got older, I would actually start going to parties myself and have my own parties when eventually when I got my own home. Um, and now I could care less about going out it's and being with people. I think the last party I went to was maybe 10 years ago. First of all, my husband can't even stay up past like 10 o'clock most of the time. And so now I'm usually just like wishing myself happy new year and I'm not bothered by it at all. It's fine with me. But like you said, that you don't like crowds, especially now. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I, I just, just how like the momentum has shifted with me. I just, yeah, I don't really. Oh, I, you want me to tell you a really funny story? I'll make it very short. Many years ago, uh, I, I would say a couple of years after we moved into our home here in Florida, uh, my husband and I decided to have a New Year's Eve party. And at that time, we were friends with, you know, the whole block. And we had so many people that came over for this New Year's Eve party. And traditionally, I would call my parents or they would call me and wish each other a, a happy New Year. So my <laughs> you're going to kill me for laughing when I tell you the story. My mom calls in the middle of, you know, everyone, oh, happy New Year. And I, I say to my husband, I'll be right back. I'm just going to take this in the bedroom. And there were no iPhones at the time. And so I'm on the phone with her. I'm like, oh, happy new year. And she's crying. And I'm like, oh, why are you crying? You know, and she's like, Stell and Mo killed themselves. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm sorry, I'm laughing because at the time I thought she was kidding. Okay, so Stell is my great aunt. It is my grandmother's sister, my mother's aunt, who lived where my well, close to where my grandmother lived. And my, my, my great aunt had a brain tumor and my uncle Mo got very sick, very fast. And apparently they committed suicide and they pushed themselves out of a 17 story window. Oh, wow. And I, I, I'm just like, wait, what? It was that moment of there was no clarity. Like I was trying to figure this out and she's crying. And I'm thinking to myself, stop. <laughs> You're kidding. She's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. And I'm no. like, Oh, friggin' great. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how to react. I've got a hundred people at my, <laughs> my house. Oh my God. A reason why I'm laughing is it not that I think that that was funny, but she was just a real piece of shit person she was a horrible person she was a horrible person to my whole family and not nice just not not nice and yeah I can even send you the article it was in the news and my dad actually got interviewed for it and the police said to my dad because someone had to what is it called when you when you have to say yes it's that person there's a like a name for it uh you have to say you have to look at the person and say yeah that is so and so they said nope you will not be able to identify them can oh, you imagine wow. 
Yeah, I mean, 17 yeah. floors down. So yeah, um, I don't think I had too many parties after that. I think, I think that, that, I that, that would kind of dampen the mood just a oh, little for bit. Goodness. Yeah, they, they had a, a shit ton of money and they gave my parents a very, very small amount of money and the rest of their money and all of their, their I don't know, their fine things, they gave away to charity. Oh, wow. They were worth millions of dollars, and they gave they gave my parents ten thousand dollars. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's messed up. Crazy. Yes. <laughs> so oh. there's that story. There's that story. But it, it's just I, I, it's just these things that, like you know, when I think of New Year's, these are some of the things that like pop up in my head. Oh, you know, they yeah, killed so themselves. It's, it's not like a celebratory day for you anymore. It, oh no, it is. Because I, I, like I said, look, they, you have to really despise someone to not care about their death. And I have to be honest with you. They, I, I can tell you stories, but they treated my mother so horribly um, and for no reason. She just, she was, she was a, a very evil, evil, evil woman. Not that I wish death on anyone, but how my reaction is or was, it wasn't the kind of reaction you would have for someone you love. It was more of like a, oh shit, Really? Uh, you know, and as expected. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I said to my mom? It's such a weird thing that I said. So she pushed him out first and because he couldn't do it himself. And then she went after. And I said to my mom, well, how did he know that she was definitely going to do it? That was the first right. thing I said. That's like, she's right. like, this is what you say. I'm like, oh, th- there goes my analytical I mean- brain. <laughs> But that's what I would wonder too, you know, like, you what really if he trust your spouse? Really, right. And what if he didn't really want to go, like, what if he didn't want to commit suicide? Can you imagine what she starts pushing him out and he's like, no way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I would think as well. Like, are we sure? He's horrible. To go? <laughs> so bad. I love you, mom. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Well, anyway, you got to find humor in everything, right? But no, I, I do. I, I, I don't celebrate <laughs> that much anymore, but it's not because of that. It's just because I just don't care anymore. There's so many things I don't care about anymore. I would rather just hang out in my house and have my husband snoring next to me and wake him up and wish him a happy new year. And then be uh, the last party I was at was uh, at a particular neighbor's house. And um, it just felt very phony and not right. And like, I don't know. It just, I, I almost didn't want to be there. I was more kind of like, I would rather just be home in my pajamas instead of like, oh, happy New Year. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I, 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 I could do that once every now and then. But it was, it was just like, I guess this, this point in my life where I was just like, okay, I, I realized then I think I'm done. You know, I just, I don't find the the importance in it anymore. And I wonder what they're going to do this year. I don't know. You know, I mean, I did, I don't, I have no idea. I know. They can't have that large gathering of people. They probably will still do the ball and have the people up by that podium. And they might still have people perform uh, maybe to a very limited audience. Right. You know, like with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, there was, there was no one there. So maybe they'll mimic that. Where they'll still do it at a tradition. But they won't, it won't just be that big crowd. You know, as a kid, I always wanted to go there and be in Times Square 
when the ball dropped, like as a little kid. But then as I got older, that just seems like my worst nightmare. (laughs) Horrible. I actually (laughs) went to, um, you know, the the Macy's, um, the fireworks, 4th of July. Uh Uh, My husband and I were engaged and uh, it was right before we were moving to Georgia. And it was uh, obviously July. And so it was the first time in both of our lives that we actually went there to do it. And it, it was crazy just be just to watch some fireworks off of a barge. Um, but I remember it and, and I was young. I was, you know, what was I 23? You know, it just, it was fun back then. Uh, but I never did it again. Even when I was living in New York, I just didn't the bumping in the, into other people and just getting into a shit mood when you're there to do something fun. I don't know. And then when I, when I look at the crowds from the um, uh, from New Year's Eve and people that that are there for hours standing on their feet just to watch this ball drop, drop I that's okay. No, yeah, that's no, not for me either. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. So we just did New Year's Eve. Okay, so what's next after New Year's? Um, January. I, it was Valentine's Day. Oh, okay, good. So that'll be Valentine's Day. How do you want me to go first again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I don't really have any traditions. I did. My first date with my boyfriend was on Valentine's Day. Um, And so we just kind of have the same meal every year, you know, like he cooked for me on our first date. And so we just kind of, it's a tradition for us to just cook that meal together and just spend, we don't go out to restaurants um, because we attempted to do that. Um, a few years ago, we were like, okay, well, instead of us cooking the meal, let's go to a restaurant. And they'll cook it for us. And it was like two to three hour wait times. And wow. We were like, there's just no way. We're not waiting two to three hours to eat your chicken Alfredo. We'll just stop by the grocery store and bake this at home. You <laughs> so see? that's kind of our tradition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than that, that's that's the only tradition that we have for that day I don't know if people celebrate it a lot it's not I I guess maybe some ladies get very upset if their significant other doesn't do something but that's not me so okay so I'm the opposite um when I was a kid I well I okay let me I keep when I think of myself as a kid I think of when I was in my 20s but I was dating this guy and he was my first like real boyfriend like real boyfriend And we were maybe six months in and Valentine's Day came and I got him this beautiful ring. It was a beautiful ring. And he got me nothing. And I'm, <sighs> yeah. But okay, forget, forget the fact that I was like, hey, I gave you something you have to give me. I gave him something because I wanted to give him something, obviously. But hey, uh, it's my first real boyfriend, my first real Valentine's Day, but... When, when, okay, I, I actually see this in my head. We were in my hometown and we're driving around in his car. I had given him his gift and he didn't give me anything. And I didn't say anything. I just figured oh, he's going to, he's going to surprise me. Well, nothing had happened for over an hour. And I said to him, did you, did you get me anything? And he's like, I, I didn't know I was supposed to. And it was at that moment I realized, oh my God, he didn't get me anything. And I went nuts. What do you mean? I can't. I walked out of his car. 
I shut the door and I left. And I, I, I don't know why. I didn't know how I was going to get home. And so he starts circling and he comes back and he picks me up and he's like, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. It's my first Valentine's Day. And I'm thinking, oh, bullshit. You know, like, how do you not, you know that like, like girls like love this shit. So a few days later I saw him and he got me a really nice gift, but it just felt like, yeah, he just got it because he felt that he had to, not that he wanted to. So that was my very first Valentine's Day fail. <laughs> Which just I, I remember to this day, but but now as I'm older, um, you my husband will get me something like on occasion here and there, but I made it um clear to him that it, it is not necessary. And I, I really would, re- you know, at, when you get older and you have bills and more important priorities, Valentine's Day is really not that important in the big scheme of things, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you, yeah, we'll make like a nice dinner and that'll be it. And and he might get me something. He might get me flowers or whatever it is. But it's just not very important like, you know, it was when I was younger. I think it's the fact that, you, you know, you, you have someone to spend your time with and, and, you know, and, and you both know that about each other, but I don't know, always think that having to give a gift is means everything, you know, appreciating each other, I guess. And that kind of thing. Yeah, I think, I think so. I did have, um, now I, my, my son's biological father, who was my boyfriend all through high school and early adulthood never did anything. And he was not a, not a nice person. I mean, I don't know. Rhonda now would not stay with him Mm. that long but I was talking to a friend as an adult in my 20s and I had said you know I never like I never had a big valentine's day like a anything you know flowers and all this stuff and so he offered to take me for valentine's weekend and to hang out with me and I was not interested in him and I told him that and he still wanted to go and so I said okay um and then he got mad when I wouldn't have sex with him because he did all those things for me, like bought me a necklace and flowers and dinner for Valentine's day. And so maybe that put like a, Hmm. you know, like a bad taste about that holiday in in my mouth. I I almost did not accept the date offer from my boyfriend that I have now that was wonderful because it was on Valentine's day. And I didn't realize it was on Valentine's day. Um, he just said, like, I'm free on this night. Are you free as well? And I said, yes. And, you know, gave me a couple of dates. And I said, well, I'm free on this night of those dates of those days. And um, then I realized it was Valentine's Day and I almost canceled. Aww. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't. And of course, I'm really glad I didn't. But yeah, Valentine's Day was just never like a important thing for me. And so we kind of keep it low key. But, you know, like I said, you know, unfortunately, there are those things that like stick with you and that you can have like the stigma about certain things. And but it it sure is nice when you do find someone you're happy with and compatible with where even though you still have those memories, I guess, you know, of of bad times. But now, you know, look at where you are so that you don't have to really like, you know, really feel that stigma anymore because now you can be so appreciative of what you have, I guess. I mean, it's a great way to look at it and it's a great way to feel. And it it also makes you realize what's really, I guess, you know, more important in life than, you know, than maybe, I guess, materialistic things. Yeah. The materialistic things just aren't that important 
important to me. My, my boyfriend now, he did one time for Valentine's day, he decorated our whole apartment and, you know, with goofy little Valentine stuff and had all of this stuff in there. And so that was, that was nice, you know, but it was, you know, it was very still not like it was, it's more about that. He puts these effort into these things and it's not that he spends a bunch of money. It's just the planning and the effort that he puts in, which makes it that, but you see right there, just, just the fact that he better, right. Just the fact that he was thoughtful and kind is a great way to kind of say, Oh God, you know, it's just perfect. It does. I don't know. For some people that might not be enough, but for me, for you, I I think that that's probably the most special gift of all, you know? Oh, that sounded like a Hallmark card, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) leaving petals around the room okay so we just did valentine's day what's next we're february march what's in march i know this in march or april oh well you uh, celebrate well, easter and i celebrate passover right do you celebrate right. easter okay so tell me what you what uh, you do, do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, growing up, we always had my, my grandmother who was, I call her like, she was like the glue that held the family together. And so we always had big family gatherings where everybody would come over there, you know, she would cook, um, we would do a huge Easter egg hunt. Everybody would dress up nicely because it was Easter. Um, and we had that tradition growing up. Now I don't, we don't even really have anything that we do we're not super religious um if aubrey isn't with us then we just kind of it's like a regular day for us anymore so i would say we haven't held on to any traditions from that but i do have fond memories of growing up and having you know going to church and having dinner and did you ever like i was gonna say jim do the egg hunt yeah and so i do remember that but now we just kind of you know, we, last year we took our dogs to a dog Easter egg. Hunt. <laughs> and that was like, that was the thing I that love we that. did. That, that yeah. would be and, something I would so, do with a dog. Yes, definitely. It was so, it was so fun, but you know, two of our dogs cannot go ever again because one just gets really, she's a um, German shepherd and border collie mixed. Oh. And she has all of the neuroses of both breeds. Oh no. So she just, yeah. And I mean, she just, we really have to train her a lot. Like we, we have to, it's, it's always with her, you know, she's just not laid back. And then we have a mini Aussie that we rescued and she's getting a little like senile, like physically she's fine. She runs and plays and does everything, but sometimes it seems like she gets a little confused or lost. Oh, baby. And so, yeah. And so she has nipped at people a couple of times. Hmm. So it's just better if she stays at home. Isn't out in public. <laughs> Isn't yeah, out in public. Just, Aww. She's got to stay at home. She's a grumpy old lady. Aww. How old is she? <laughs> She's 13. God bless. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, the vet estimates between, you know, 10 and 15. We just got her. So I found her on a Craigslist ad. And they said that they were going to take her to the pound <gasps> if someone didn't take her. Oh, and so, God bless you. I, I, you know, I, that's one of my pet peeves when people get rid of their senior I pets. I hate it. It's horrible. I, I hate it. And she had been used for breeding. Oh. So I'm, what I'm guessing is they bred her and bred her and bred her. And then when she was no longer useful to them. Oh, God. They just wanted to get that, rid that, of her. That sickens me, Rhonda. And that drives me yeah, insane. I, I can't. And you know, there's a lot of people, a lot, that 
have such a big heart where they will only take in senior dogs. They'll either adopt them or foster them. And then, of course, you have the foster fail- failures. And I, I think that there's something so special about people like yourself who just want to take in the older dogs and just let them live the rest of their lives in solitude and being happy. And oh, But the story, that backstory yes. is, oh, my God. It is. It's so sad. I mean, and she had, when I took her to the vet for the first time, she, you know, she didn't think her teeth had ever been done. And it was just. What do you mean? You know, we got her the oh, work. teeth cleaned or anything. Yeah, her teeth. Yeah, she said she didn't think she had really terrible teeth. And okay, it's um, just you know, so we got her. It's so and sad. The, and the, you met the person that was giving her up, right? I did. I did meet them, and you know, I think for me it would be so hard. Like I, I when I got divorced, I had a dog that I. He he actually we had to have him put down this year, but he didn't. I was moving into an apartment, and he was lab and golden retriever mix, and so he did not. I tried to take him to the apartment, but it just, he was used to having property and running free and going to the lake every morning. And it just wasn't, he was not very happy and he, he missed the other dog and both the dogs got depressed when we separated them. And so I left that dog with my ex-husband and that I felt guilty about it. I still feel guilty about it. Um, even though it was better for the dog. So I can't imagine having a dog for, you know, our vet said, you know, she'd probably between 10 and 15. So if you had that dog for 10 to 15 years, and then you just meet someone in a Lowe's parking lot and just give it over without a second thought. <sighs> I can't imagine doing that. I, I absolutely can. I, I, first of all, I, I would never do what they did. If they just, you know, Rhonda, there's disgustingly sick people out there. And, and it just, it, that story is gonna just like stay embedded under my skin for a while because I just I I can't stand people like that where they just breed and breed and and then that's it that's the end and you know yeah and she she didn't of course she's got her you know she has no tail because she's the Aussie shepherd but she didn't you know, she didn't even wag her little tail nub when we got her for like a few months Yeah, like she didn't she never seemed like she was excited or happy or anything for several months after we got her and now she is she's now she's always you know well you know i trying to cuddle with you and be near you i guess i mean again i'm gonna say it could have been worse they they could have just you you know let the dog out and then said see and that's the end of that dog at least they were looking for a home but just all right so uh, for Passover, <laughs> you know, we can keep going on and on with this. For, for Passover, uh, absolutely did nothing my whole life uh, up until a certain period of time. But as a kid, um, my mom and dad just kind of like chose like Hanukkah and that was it. And, and we didn't celebrate anything else. You know, we were very, very, very reformed Jews, like bottom rung reformed Um and I think it's really funny because then she would get pissed if I wanted to go out on Yom Kippur. Why are you going out? On yeah, yeah, yeah? And I'm just like, you're kidding, right? Like now we're Jewish all of a sudden. Now, now I'm a Jew. <laughs> but when I had, yeah, when, it, when, it's, when convenient. it's convenient and she would get so pissed. And I will say that that kind of carried over when I became a mom. But th- this is the reason why. When I became a mom, I so- somehow just started celebrating the Jewish holidays, uh, possibly because I never did before. Um, I mean, there, there was a time when um, I was younger and I belonged, you know, to a group uh, along with my sister and we would have seders and it was very lovely. And then after a period of time, we stopped. Um, and when we moved to Florida, 
we did join a temple um, to meet people and to maybe start some Jewish traditions. But uh, any Jewish people that are listening to this, I'm very sorry, but I'm just going to say what happened. We, my son, we had registered him <clears throat> for Hebrew school and we said he's going to get bar mitzvahed. Uh, and within six months, we withdrew from the temple. And the reason why is every time we would pick up my son on Sunday after Hebrew school, the young children um, would be selling bagels. And we would always buy bagels, you know, just, just for youth group and to support it. Uh, and then one time we had come to pick up our son. And there they were again, like right on top of us. And I had no money. My husband had no money. And we said, we're really sorry, but, you know, we can't. And this woman, this woman who was, I guess, like the supervisor of the youth group came up to our car. And she's like, if you don't have money, that's okay. She said, just, you know, we can add it to your bill. And I'm like, what? Add it to and that was the end of that. It just, it, it was, it was constant asking for money over and over and over again. And we were paying a shit ton of money to not only belong to this temple, but for our son to go to Hebrew school who hated it, absolutely hated it. Uh -huh. And I said, screw this. You know, if we want him to get bar mitzvah, fine, we'll get a tutor. Well, we not only never got a tutor, but we were done with the temple, but I still wanted to create some kind of a family atmosphere for some of the holidays. And so I did, I started cooking dinner for Hanukkah and I got all the cute little decorations and uh, for Passover as well, I actually got a Seder dish and I got a book. And when my son was maybe, I'd say five is when we started the tradition and I had my parents over and I would have a real Seder with every, with the whole bowl filled in and it was lovely. And so I started doing that and now I don't anymore. I think it lasted up until maybe when my son was 22 and we've just kind of stopped because he doesn't care. My husband doesn't care. And I go through all of this and no one gives a shit. So I'm just like, hey, happy Passover. You know, I used to, um, when I was with my ex-husband, I used to drive myself crazy perfecting the holidays um, for him and his family and decorating the house and like not, not homemade decorations because it had to be like, classy decorations mm. and I would drive myself crazy creating this like perfect aesthetic that you would see in a magazine and would you be happy and no one and no I was miserable no one appreciated it really you know they'd be like oh well that's nice you know and I'm like well I spent a lot of money and a lot of time putting this together I want more than a that's nice um and it was just you know, I just don't, now I don't do all of that. I mean, we still decorate and, but you know, currently in our house, we have a, a string that goes back and forth across the ceiling and all of, and we have clothespins on it and we have decorated it with, when fall came, we did cutouts of leaves and then we did Halloween Aww. ones and then we did Thanksgiving ones. And now there's Christmas stuff in there that we sat as a family at the dining room table and made out of construction paper with, with markers you know, so we sat there and listened to Christmas songs and drank hot cocoa and made these. And that's what's decorating. See, house. that's the, and, and I bet you're a lot happier doing that, right? It, it, it is. I'm so much happier. And honestly, nobody's coming over anyway. So, 
you know, like, like what you're gonna you're gonna critique my snowman that I made out of construction paper? Oh well. Like, <laughs> you know, I I do decorate too. Um, there was a t- again, a, a, all of this started because I had my son. If I never had a child, I probably wouldn't have done half of the shit I did, and I would <clears throat> be be outside with the blue and white Christmas. Uh, like I actually remember that a neighbor of mine had said it's a little early to start decorating, don't you think? First of all, shut up, jerk, shut up. Second of <laughs> all, uh, I'm Jewish. Uh, these are not Christmas lights. It was like one time years ago when Hanukkah came almost a month before Christmas. So I started <clears throat> decorating like two weeks before that. Anyway, I don't do that anymore. I, I do. It, my house does have Hanukkah decorations now. Um but I would say it's diminished by 50%. I still do a Hanukkah dinner. I still do Passover dinner. I just don't do the Seder. And you want to know what's really funny is that my my son will still say, do I get to look for the matzah? Because we the tradition is you put some <laughs> money in the matzah and then they look around for it. It's the afikoman is what it's called. And so he still expects it, which I think is adorable. But if like I told my mom and sister, they'd be like, are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Last year we didn't do it, but I will still make. You know, I love making matzo ball soup. I I just love that, and and I'll just have you know brisket or whatever. But that's the extent of it for Passover. No major seders. Oh no, I'm sorry. I will take the plate out, <laughs> but I won't fill it up. <laughs> the plate will be out, and and that will be it. Just to remind you know my family that you know we are Jewish. This is not just a regular dinner. and This is Passover. And, and I'll ask my son, you know, do you remember the meaning of Passover? And he remembers, which is really cute, but that's really it. I could care less. And he never got bar mitzvah, by the way. So <laughs> does, he, does he have any feelings about that? Does nope, he care? Not at all. Could no, not, not at all. give a shit. Could not give a shit. So, <laughs> I, my, so, I mean, um, my ex-husband's family, they're, they're involved in a lot of things where you might be invited to like a fancy dinner. And so I made my son go to cotillion um, and he hated it, but it was like, I wanted him, I didn't want him to go to one of these because I didn't grow up any kind of fancy at all. And so, you know, you put me at a, a dinner plate with a bunch of forks and spoons and I don't know what's for what, you know? And so I didn't want him to feel like that if he went to one of these, but he hated going the entire time. He did not want to learn any of it. But he he did say he is glad that he knows proper dinner etiquette. Now. Ugh, let me tell you something. I would feel the same way your son felt. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There are certain things that parents put their children through that they could care less about. And they're kids. And uh, you oh, know yeah. what you're talking about. You're a kid. But look, I know my son, he was going to school. Well, all kids, they're going to school five days a week. They got hours and hours of homework and studying. And now I have my kid going to friggin' Hebrew school. To be honest with you, I didn't care about it. And he hated it. So I was just like, oh, screw this. So I left it up to my husband. I said, you want him to be bar mitzvahed? Then you find a tutor. The one thing I told him he had to do, did he ever find a tutor? No. And it wasn't that important. I don't think it was. I I don't, (laughs) it was not important to me um, in any way. And I never pushed it on my son and I I, I didn't care. So I I totally get how your son feels. The fact that like he knows about the, the whole thing about the cotillion is good. 
but I mean, do they all really need to go through it? Oh, just the, the sound, cotillion, it's, it stresses me out. No, it was, I mean, it was really, and some of the stuff that they learn in there is very, like, he's never going to need to know how to do the foxtrot <laughs> or correctly how to ask a young lady. Not unless he's, you know what I mean? Like, the star. <laughs> right. He's, yeah, but you know, he, it was like, some of the stuff was just, he was like, yeah, the dinner stuff was, you know, useful, like. I know how to have proper, you know, dinner manners. And he's like, but other than that, a lot of it is very, kids are just not going to find themselves in those situations. I'll tell you, it's, it's funny because you're a teacher and, or were a teacher, but Mm -hmm. once a teacher, always a teacher. And you, you know, you know what, what kids really don't need to know and what you're, what you, what they do need to know. And, and I know that there are teachers that there are some areas of teaching where they're just like they do not need to know this but because of the the protocols of the district you're forced to have to teach these poor kids like calculus that they'll never need there was this one girl I was a um a a paraprofessional for a short period of time as I was trying to make my way into the school district and she um uh she had a like a, a, a brain disorder and she was in a wheelchair and it was really, really, really just a dire situation for her. And she only had like the, the, the learning capacity of a, I think a, a third grader. And she I th- was now in fourth grade and was just learning the same stuff. And I never understood why the mom wanted to have her child in this kind of a, of a setting I understood as much as like the social aspect and wanting her child to feel like she's a part of something or a part of at the time society. But I know, I knew at the time that there were places for people like this where they could teach them how to, um, oh, I'm going to find the wrong words, how to live their lives as best they could with teaching them like lessons of life like how can she cross the street in a wheelchair to teach her how to do you know what I mean and so it made me realize at that point that the mother only cared about wanting her daughter to be a part of something because that's what the mother wanted instead of realizing what what you really should be doing for your daughter and eventually they moved and I don't know what happened, but I remember speaking with the ESE teachers and, and them saying the same thing that she can only learn so much, but there are places yes. that can teach her what she could do with her life. She's going to be dependent on her parents for the rest of her life or, or whoever it is, but there are things that she still could learn to do for herself throughout her life. And if she can only be taught up to a third grade level, then then you might as well put her in another social area with other kids that might be like her that she could learn from. I, I don't know. It was right. Yeah, where you can, where you can make some connections. I, I had to have that discussion with a parent with one of my students, because although we had co-taught classes, so we would have like a, an ESE teacher in the classroom with us. And, but it was kids who were, you know, just slightly below, you know, they just need a little extra attention. Right. They, you know, still had the same learning capacity. They just maybe had a learning disability and their son was extremely autistic and 
he was never going to function at that level. And we had to have the conversation about putting him in complete special ed classes because it was going to be better for Mm -hmm. him. And that's such a difficult conversation, but you know, I think sometimes parents aren't even aware. You're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's a a very difficult conversation to have. I mean, she, she had cerebral palsy, but there were other things that went along with it too. And it was not my place to discuss that with the the mother. I, I didn't feel like it was anyone's place. So, you know, first of all, you know, you're representing an elementary school at the time, so you can get sued. You can get fired. The school just, you know, because everyone is suing everyone anyway. So you've got to like watch everything. You're oh doing. yeah. Uh, Every, everything every, you, you can, say. Right, you can't even be yourself. And, and Marlo, you know, my sister, she has her early childhood education um, degree and then she has her master's, but she's never once taught because when she finally was going to it was at a time where it was all about teaching for that test teaching for that test and she said I can't even teach the way and you know the way I want to teach I have to follow this and follow that there's no time for me to be able to teach how I want and I'm like yeah so she's never taught because she couldn't deal with not being able to be unique and and otherwise she would have to follow you know like here in um florida we have the fsa and all they do is teach for that stupid ass test that's it and my my heart goes out to the teachers because i know i know how hard it is and and then they're paid accordingly to what the test results are it just it just sucks all it's oh no i i hate testing um and that's my stepdaughter is actually taking a state test they go to school two days a week. And so her two days at school this week will be testing oh. on both days. And and I, I know, and I, I tried not to say it in front of her, but I know she just heard me my real feelings about testing. And so this morning when her dad drove her to school, he had to remind her like that she doesn't have to tell people that <laughs> I am a teacher and that this testing is ridiculous is, is not the best thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, and, and the poor children. <laughs> I, I remember my son, the, the amount of anxiety that he got on this yes. day, it was, you know, for kids who uh, can take tests and it's no big deal, whatever, but for other children, like my son who who suffer from anxiety when they take tests, it, it just, it was so horrible. And that's one of the reasons why we started doing virtual for him, for his core classes, because I just got so fed up with, with the testing and he no longer had to do the testing. And it's amazing how much he flourished because of just. That's my niece is doing the same thing. Cause she would get, she would get physically ill when she would think about how these tests oh, that she would have horrible. to take. Just horrible. And, and look, when we were kids, they had testing too. And, and, and when we were in high school, they had courses where if you even got an A at the end of the semester, if you didn't pass that one test at the end of the, of the school year, you got an F. I mean, there were things that sucked back then too, but the way things are now, there's no learning, right? It's just more like, no, it's. They, they just, they give you, so they give you like a, they call it a blueprint of what's going to be on the test, like what skills they're going to need. And then basically they expect you to just teach those <laughs> things so that they can master the test. But that's, it's not going to help them in the real world. I, but, and that's exactly what we were talking about. I mean, what really is being taught in school? Unless 
I know that there's quite a few private schools, you know, that of course still teach, you know, the core classes, but they also have some real life courses. And I think that that's great. But when you're in public school, you know, you're just, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. You just, you're, you're you know, <laughs> I, and when I first started teaching, I wanted to have a crusade against the curriculum. But then as I, as I learned, I learned to just smile and say, okay, and then still go back in my classroom and, and do well, whatever I wanted. I think the one good positive thing is, even though you're kind of stuck with that blueprint, you can still make it your own and you can still teach it the way you want to teach it. But it's just, it just still sucks all around. And my heart does go out to so many of the teachers. I mean, years ago and, and even more now with what's happening with COVID, it just, it's been a hard ride for a lot of teachers teaching even virtually. Um, Just, I I have a, a friend who lives up the street. And I said to her, so is it really great with you working virtually now? You know, you could be in your pajamas. And she goes, yeah, it's really great when you have, you know, a parent on Zoom listening to everything you're doing and questioning what you're doing. And I was like, oh, shit. I get it. I get that. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) And, you know, she's really amazing. And she does VPK. So you've got these little teeny kids on a computer. And, I mean, if I was the mother of a VPK student, I would probably be there on the side, just making sure that they knew what they were doing and, and, and going to where, but I would not get involved at all. So now she's like, yeah, these parents think that they can, you know, be involved now because they're right there. And, oh, you know, when you're teaching, you have the door shut. No parents are there. You could be yourself. You could teach, right? No questions asked. And now you're on a computer computer and everyone can see what you're doing. I can't, I just, like, it just sucks. Okay, so moving on. What were we just talking about? <laughs> Was it Passover? Uh, we Okay, moving on. What's in, what's in May? I don't think there's anything in April. I mean, sometimes yeah. Easter is, but. May you have. May. Yeah, so we have Memorial Day. Day. We have Memorial Day and Mother's Day. So Memorial Day, um, we, because I live with a combat veteran, we, it's like a day of you know, mm-hmm. remembrance for everyone that, that has been lost. And so one of his pet peeves is when people wish him a happy oh. Memorial day, because um, he's like, that's not, it's not for me. It's for people who have, who have died. Um, he's like, so, and it's not happy. Yeah. So he, he does not like the commercialization of that holiday at all with like Memorial day sales. I understand. Um, that really that really gets to him. And I, and I completely understand it. Yeah. I, I don't do anything with Memorial day except, you know, maybe put something on Facebook thanking, you know, the veterans. Um, my dad is a veteran. Um, but that, that's really, really it, you know, around Christmas time, I always go to, um, the VA, which is happens to be one of the biggest ones right up the street for me and I'll lay wreaths. Um, but, but that's, yeah, but that, that's been a tradition. I've been doing that for a long time. I did not do it this year. For you know obvious reasons, um, but yeah, I, I can only imagine what what your boyfriend husband you know what he feels then, and how many other veterans feel the same way. And I, I will tell you, I, we haven't touched on Veterans Day yet, but here in Palm Beach County, a few years ago, veterans, um, and and I mean very old gentlemen, veterans, uh, for I think a fourth or fifth year came 
to one of the school district meetings saying why that they don't understand why Veterans Day is not considered a national ho- or, or a, a school district holiday, so on and so because Memorial Day is. And eventually, the school district agreed when they got a whole new board. And I thought there was nothing more special than friggin' finally recognizing the people that fought for our country and, and recognizing it by shutting down schools on that day. So, yeah, I thought that that was very special, but yeah, yeah. that is, that is, that is nice. Cause I've been in districts where it's some of them do. And then some of them don't, I know. So it it just kind of depends. And I'm like, well, priorities, man, I tell you, I don't know where some of these people come up with what they, with their decisions. I really don't, but I, I appreciate everything that you're, should I call him husband or boyfriend? I know I asked you this once before. Okay. He's my boyfriend. We're, we're, we are not married. Um, we've both been married before and, and people keep asking, when does are we going to get married? Shit it does because right. we're fine right. how we are. And then everybody wants to kind of make a big deal out of it. And we're like, no, that's we're, like we're my, fine. my sister Just... and her boyfriend. They've been together 15 years. I don't, I don't ask. I think I might've asked once. But that's like, that's like my sister or my family saying, you know, why did you only have one kid? No one. Ha- oh, I get that question. But do you all get the it from family? Too. I get it. Well, or just I people mean, that not from right. close family. That's what I mean. Oh, um, because they know, they know right. why I only had one child and you know, but people will ask that. And I mean, I, I actually, I joined a group online for step parents. And so when I introduced myself, I said, you know, I only had one child of my own and he's an adult now, you know, now I have a stepchild and being a step parent is a whole different oh, sure. ball game. You know, it's, uh, it's different. So I wanted to talk to people about it and people in there were like, well, you should have had more oh, kids. God, I, I swear. I just, I left the group because I was like, I don't, I don't, that's not why I joined yeah. this. I wanted to. I understand talk about step parenting. Oh, yeah. People are such assholes. I swear to God, just, it just enrages me when I hear you say that I hate it. I'm not going to, okay, I'm going to be rational. Take my deep breath. <laughs> no, but you know, it's just, just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. At last week, uh, two weeks ago, I went, uh, out with my mother and father to a, a restaurant where they serve outdoors. And I'm, I've mentioned to you before that my dad has dementia and he says to me, randomly out of the blue, Jules, why did you just have one kid? And it wasn't the question. It was the just, why did you just have one kid? And I felt like a dagger went straight through my heart because it was never a question ever, ever asked by my family ever, 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 ever. They don't even know why I only had one kid because they've never asked. They never judge. And now it's like, I, I, I just, I didn't know how to handle it. And so I just said to my dad, oh, just one and done. That's it. And I just said it just like that, which isn't the major reason, but it's the only like reaction answer I could come up with so quickly, you know, without go- like getting into depth right. with him, because that's what I'm finding now with him when he he's, he's asking questions from things from the past because he remembers the past more than the present. And I don't want to right. talk about the things that he's sometimes bringing up. And it, it's, it's hurtful to me and it, it, because I just, I just, it's something I don't talk about or think about. Well, certain things, I mean, so it's like now all of a sudden he's just bringing these things up randomly and now I have to answer them. And I'm just like, I don't, I haven't thought about this in forever. And now I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Because there are certain things that you just take and you put in that box oh, and you yes. lock it away and you just don't oh, visit God, it. I tell you. And I, and my mom, I know that my mom was like, oh shit. Like Julie's going to flip out now. Right. And I didn't, I, I'm very good with my dad, but she said, Carl, that was so random. Like she's like, like she just had to say something so quick before I did. <laughs> you know? And I was like, mom, it's totally fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So what else do we have? We just, we said May, I'm looking through this list and I, I cannot believe how many. So 4th of July. There's 4th we missed of July. Mother's Day, but do we need to talk about that? Oh, Mother's Day. I, I mean, both our yeah. sons are grown. So now it's like, if I get a, a call and a card, I'm good. You know what <laughs> I got last year? Well, this year, I got a toothbrush from my husband. One of those, like, what are they, battery-operated toothbrushes? And I was like, what oh, the? Yeah. I said to him, what uh -huh. the hell is this? It's not like I was expecting anything, but I was just like, this is what you got me? You friggin' <laughs> toothbrush? toothbrush? Are you really running out of ideas? <laughs> and then, I, I think they do run out of ideas. But I wasn't expecting anything. And I was like, I really would have preferred just like a simple happy Mother's Day. So then, then the next yeah. day, my son brings me a bouquet of dead flowers. <laughs> I'm like, what oh the God. hell? And he's like, I'm sorry. This is all they had. And, you know, the poor kid, he works six days a week, almost full-time days. And he wanted to still get me something. And he would rather get me dead flowers than nothing. And it was very sweet because when he said that, I'd rather get you dead flowers than get you nothing, I, I, I got it. And it was he didn't have to get me anything at all. But I just remember right. texting my mother and sister saying, so how was your Mother's Day? I got a toothbrush and some dead flowers. <laughs> I mean, he can't get much better than that. Oh. No, so my son is very good. Like, he, he, he enjoys giving gifts. I guess he got that from me. And so I've gotten some really impressive Mother's Day Ooh. gifts over the years. And, you know, um, but, I, you know, I don't expect anything from him. Just, you know, he, he always gets me a card and he always asks me what I want Aww. and keeps like a... Uh, an idea of what things I might be wanting so that he always gets me something really good. But, you know, I don't, I don't expect anything. We used to have a tradition of we always went to eat together and, you know, we'd go see a movie or and right. spend the whole day together. And of course now he's an adult. So he, things he change here. So we can't do but that. Thoughtful, yeah, things though. change, but as long as I get of a course. call. No, that's very, thoughtful. very, very sweet. He adores you. Aww. All right. So let's see. I'm moving into the latter part of June. I'm looking at this list. I cannot believe how many ridiculous holidays there are. Oh, there's, there's a lot oh of God. holidays that are. Um, okay. Uh, uh, I'm in August now. I don't think this, uh, well, I mean, oh, July 4th. What do you, what do you do July 4th? We don't really do anything. Um, <laughs> I used to, so, so we, like, I used to always go take my son to see fireworks, you know, and it was like a big thing. But now that my son's an adult and, um, you know, Mark is okay with fireworks, but he doesn't particularly does he love fireworks. And so people will, mm. he does. And so people will invite us to go see fireworks and he's always like, uh, you know, he doesn't really sure. want to go because it's, he jumps every single time. Oh. And so, you know. It's just, it's just tense for him. And so, you know, people just forget, but now, now we just, 
kind of do nothing. We'll kind of we'll cook and then we just stay yeah. Outside. It's not it, it, um, again. When I was a kid, I used to I used to love fireworks. I remember when the first house, well, the second house that I lived in with my parents, um, it, I would be able to look out of their bedroom window, and I don't know, Rhonda, honestly, where these fireworks were coming from. I just remember seeing them, and I mean that that was we never made like a. Oh, I think Eisenhower Park also back in New York. Um, we would go there too, but it was not like a big deal. And and you know, I think I said the Macy's Fourth uh, of July, um, but it never really was like. I'm sure that as I was growing up, I would go to a party here and there. But now, where I live, the village does Fourth uh, of July fireworks, and I used to just literally ride down the street with with my husband and my son, or or take our bikes, and we just just maybe a, a half of a mile up the street would be like our best view. And, and that's what we'll do every year. Or we'll go to a friend's house who lives uh, uh, literally across the street and a little bit further down. And they have a perfect, perfect view of the fireworks at the park, but the way our house faces, we can't see the fireworks that way. So that that's it. It's, it's, it's something oh. that we didn't do it this year at all. Um, but that, yeah, that's pretty much all, all that we'll do. My son could give a shit about that. He doesn't care, you know. But we have the dogs too. So, yeah, you know, like- sometimes they might have a reaction to it. Sometimes they won't. So it just really depends if, you know, how important it is for us to go. There's, I know a lot of people whose whose dogs just, uh Some people did not, were protesting against doing fireworks at the village this year because of their dogs. And I'm like, oh, look, obviously I love dogs, but I was like, shut up. Just, just shut up. All right, just right. figure out what you can do with your dogs for the 15 minutes of the banging. And and then other people were complaining also about the horses, which I understand as well. Um, but it is... Right, but, you know, we have horses and we have dogs. And our, our older dog is afraid of pretty much everything. Uh, wind, wind. Thunder, <laughs> loud noises. I mean, yeah, it gets really windy here and she gets very afraid. Aww. But, you know, like... It's we comfort her and then we just kind of tell her she's okay and then just yeah. let her go because she's got to figure that out. And the same thing with the horses, like, yeah, they get scared, you know, but they're, I, sometimes I think we, we create the situation a little bit it's more. It's possible animals. and we can, we can make it worse for them. Okay. Yes, we make it worse for them because we make it because horses are very like sensitive to people's moods. And so um, if you don't think it's a big deal, they tend to Yeah, I, I actually had a dog who got very nervous um, with, with, you know, the, um, those like solo kind of like, the, I don't know if they're the cherry bombs where it's like you, you don't, all of a sudden out of the blue, you just hear a, one big loud bang and then that's the end of it. Yeah, my oh, dog no, would no. freak out over that, but I did not make a big issue out of it. And uh, he seemed to be okay. I, I, I don't want to act as though I don't care about the other animals that are reactive to it, but it is one time a year. I am certain that there's a way that you can, you know, do something to comfort your animal. You know, there's going to be noises. There's going to be things that happen. And, and I kind of question the owners, what, you know, like, what have you done to either create it or what are you doing to, to help? You know, I just, cause it's once right. again, being a trainer, once your dog knows it, it's okay with you, then it's okay with them. It's kind of like when your dog starts to bark, 
for whatever reason. It's like, if I'm not upset about this dog, then you should not be upset about it. It's just all in the training. And I think that people are so quick to judge and say, oh, stop the fireworks. And I just want to say, listen, um, what have you done to help your dog? If your dog has fear, if your dog has anx- has anxiety, right. what what have you done? Or have you not done anything, but you're just going to shout out at the people making the noises? You know, you have to help the dogs. You have to help the pets. You can't just complain. You have to, you know, still do something. And I don't know. I think a lot of people are looking for like an easier way out. But anyway, as far as fireworks go, I do like them. <laughs> I just don't give a shit as much. I, I like them as well. I, yeah, we just don't go as often or isn't it funny though Rhonda, that we that talk much, about these things know? we just don't care about anymore but we did when we were younger i think we've matured we're yeah. mature women yeah, there's just a lot of things that i'm like i'm like no i just can't care so now you're that. 39 <laughs> i wonder what you're going to be like when you get to my age when you're 51 you know i wonder i wonder how much will will change within you know a decade plus you know it should be interesting i don't it should be. It should be interesting. I think. I don't know. I think. I think everybody's kind of waiting because I'm. I've changed so much but over the years. Life. So I think that's that they're all like things are. You know, I don't think I'm ever going to really change a whole lot more from where I am. But I think that I've I've learned a lot about myself, and there's only so much I want to change. You know, I don't want to change everything. I want to. You know, I still yeah. want to be me. <laughs> yeah, that's no. There's there's. I see that's it. and I always say that I'm like I think I'm becoming more myself very good like that's how I feel like like I, I feel like a lot of times when I was younger I was worried about what other people thought and like keeping up appearances and doing the right thing and now I feel like I'm less and less worried about that and more worried about like if this makes isn't me it kind happy. of freeing in a way to, to not give a shit as much it right is. and I think that life is just that life is us all just trying to figure it all out, figure ourselves out, figure out, you know, it's, it's not just all working, making money, you know, having friends going out, doing this, doing that. It's really figuring ourselves out. You just have to know that that's a part of life, you know? Oh, it's getting really windy outside. Okay. So let's see. Do you care about Labor Day? Okay. Moving on. Let's see. I'm just looking at the list. So we're in, well, uh, let's see. September is Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur. Uh, there's obviously no celebrating with those holidays. Um, and Rosh Hashanah is not the best holiday for me because that was around when my grandmother passed away. Um, and it's equally as hard Mm -hmm. for my mom, but I will tell you something, which is I am, I swear to you, I, 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 I have carried this with me for almost 25 years. When my grandmother passed away, um, between, it was between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, the day that she died, I conceived my son the day to the day. Cause I, I was very specific on asking my doctor, like, can you like tell me the exact day? And, you know, they can't tell you the exact day, but he said it's between, you know, this day and this day. And I was like, oh my God. And I've always believed that like my grandmother ended her life. And so I could create life. It's just really weird. And it's, it's just some, something I believe in, but um, you know, and Yom Kippur is when um, you know, the Jews, we, we um, fast and we don't eat for 24 hours. If you can do it, you repent for your sins. It is, it's something that, 
I think my mom, my mom and dad, I know they never did it, but they would always light yard site candles, you know, in memory of others. That was really it. And to this day, I do the same mm-hmm. thing. It's very hard for me to fast. I do the best I can, or I'll just have like clear broth and repent for my sins. And then I'll have my yard site candles out. And then, and then, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, so it's really weird, which I don't get why Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year, is celebrated before Yom Kippur, where you repent for your sins. Wouldn't you think it would be the opposite? Like, repent for your sins first and then start the new year? Yes, and then celebrate the <laughs> new year. That. But anyway, yeah. so that's that's yeah. my little yeah. snippet with that. Um, let's see. Why don't we have September? Again, Yom Kippur. So isn't there like Columbus Day? My God, I cannot believe how many. the prophet's birthday, Nevada Day. Hey, daylight saving, I, I, election day, Veterans Day. Okay, so let's talk about that and and your boyfriend. Uh, so we uh, we don't really do anything. I mean, everyone will text him and say, you know, Happy Veterans Day, and that makes him very yeah. uncomfortable. Um, and so he, I mean, we just kind of. I wonder if people day. just don't um, either realize what they're saying or don't know what to say sometimes to a veteran. I, you know, sometimes I think they just don't just know thank what you for to your say. service. Um, even that makes him, it makes him so uncomfortable. He's like, because that's not why he did it. You know, he didn't do it for the thanks. But he did say, you know, there's a lot of free stuff you can get on Veterans Day. Like you, he could go around and get like free meals and free coffee and free haircuts and you know, all this stuff, but he's very, um, you know, like unless somebody sees it on, cause on in Arizona, they put it on your driver's okay. license you're a veteran. And so, and so unless they just happen to see it, he'd ever ask for like a discount or anything. Um, and so, but he did say that he has some friends who take full advantage oh, wow. of the day and they go out and get everything free. Well, I mean, to stuff. each his own, I guess, but, right? Um, yeah, I mean, and he doesn't judge them. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't care if that's what they want to do. Um, but he just does it. He just feels sure. uncomfortable I get it. with it. I probably would too. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I would be that person that, you know, wants to take advantage of everything. But I, I don't, I, I can't put myself in that position, obviously. But um, okay, so then we have Thanksgiving Day. So what did you do this year for Thanksgiving? Um, I mean, I cooked, we had, we had Aubrey with us. So, um, I cooked and she helped, she always wants to help cook. And so I specifically like planned out things and what she could do and set her up with her tasks. And, um, you know, then we just ate and then usually we take all of our leftovers to, there's a lot of homeless people in uh, Tucson. And so we will take, we don't really eat a lot of leftovers, and so we'll keep just a little bit out and then we package up the rest and then That's donate so nice. that. But this year, yeah. And this year we didn't do it because we were not, we weren't, we weren't sure like if we should do that with Yeah. It's a COVID. tough call, isn't it? You know, it was a tough call, but normally that's what we do after like a big meal. Um, we package up the leftovers and take it to a park where, there's an abundance of, of homeless individuals living and 
this year we didn't do that. So I felt kind of bad, but I did make a lot of, and I, my family was probably sick of turkey because I was like, well, we're having turkey noodle <laughs> oh, soup today. I love <laughs> that though. I do the same thing. What's for dinner tonight, mom? Uh, turkey. Turkey? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to say this year, and I think I might've mentioned it, but I, I, I don't remember this year, my parents who are just a half an hour from me, they, um, decided that it's probably not a good idea for us to all kind of hang out for Thanksgiving. And I ordered from Whole Foods this year. And I think this is only like the third time that I've ever ordered from another place. I, I usually uh, make Thanksgiving dinner at my home. My parents come and we, and, and sometimes my husband's um, cousin will come and I love cooking. I love cooking versus buying food. But this year I had a lot of dogs that I had to watch. So it was probably the best thing to do. And it was just me, my son and my husband. And it was very good. It was delicious. And I, I ordered a, a pie and that was it. I, I, it was a little, a little depressing just because of COVID. And I, I use that word lightly, but it is what it is, right? What else can you do? Different, different times. Right. I- so I'm glad you had a good experience ordering food Uh-oh. last year. Yeah. It was just going to be Mark and I. And so we thought with the two of us that we were just going to order food. And so Safeway had like this meal advertised and it had everything that, that we would want in it and you could get it for just two. And so we did that. And the Turkey was very good. They did make the Turkey there, but the rest was like those frozen oh. dinner meals like frozen dinner mac and cheese, frozen dinner mashed potatoes. And then they just put it, yes. And then they just put it together in a bag. And so we were so disappointed because we were like, if we wanted a frozen meal, we would have just spent far less money and bought a hungry man. Um, It was not And I bet they didn't tell you that's what they were giving you, right? They didn't. It looked like, you know, the picture, it's, I, I compare it to going to McDonald's, you know, because on the commercial, you see the McDonald's cheeseburger and you're right, like, right, oh, right. yeah, you know, and you're excited about it. And then you get right, exactly. it and it's completely different. And that's exactly what this looked like. <laughs> you know, a, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people complained. Um, f- not, not from this per- specific place that I went to, but Whole Foods throughout, people were complaining that the turkey that they got when they would open it, when they opened it up, it smelled really bad and that they didn't use it. And luckily for us, it it was okay, but it was, it was a pre-cooked organic turkey. And I, I, my husband went out and picked it up and I said to him, why isn't it in the oven? I didn't sleep the night before at all. So I wound up sleeping. I actually woke up and then went back to bed and took a nap and he came home and got he got the food, came home, and like, um, why isn't the turkey in the oven? And he said, what do you mean? It's already cooked. I said, it was cooked, but it's cold and wrapped. I'm like, it could take hours to, to reheat. Right. Oh, my He's God. To Needless it. to say, we... Yes. Oh, what the It's hell? like they don't know. Really? We wound up eating dinner a little oh, bit later. Gosh. And I was just like... You know, I, I really wanted to call him every name in the book. Like, how do you not know this? But it is what it is. But they just don't. But they I, just don't Rhonda, know these things. 
My ex-husband did the same thing. He bought a fully, my ex-husband bought a fully cooked turkey and he brings it home and he sticks it in the fridge. And I mean, we're getting ready and his whole family is coming and I'm like, where is the turkey? And he's like, it's in the fridge. We just got to, and I was like, we just got to what? Pop it in the microwave? It's a, you know, 30 pound bird. Just, can you try how is it that they just don't know? Like the first thought that we have is it needs to go in the oven. And their first thought is it needs to go right. in the fridge. I just, how, how, how? All right. I don't know. Let's, let's, we got to wrap this up. So let's, no let's let go into Christmas okay. for you. Um, so for Christmas, of course, um, we, we, the one holiday, the my grandmother had many traditions and we used to always go there for Christmas Eve and the whole family went there and we exchanged presents. And then on Christmas morning, you were right. just kind of with your parents, you know, and she started doing that because she had four kids and she wanted to see them all at Christmas, but then they got married and they had to see the other side of the family right. for Christmas as well. So she figured out that if she took over Christmas Eve, no hmm. people got less upset about that. And then she could see them every year. So on, on Christmas Eve, we open just like one present each. Everybody gets new pajamas and we watch a Christmas movie oh. that we pick together. Um, and everybody gets their book oh. on Christmas Eve so that they can read. I love yeah. that. Especially so the English teacher that's, that's loves that. That's, yeah, that's just kind of one of the traditions that I started when my son was little was everybody got new pajamas, a book, and then we would watch a Christmas movie together. I love together that. And, you know, even though, yeah, so it was like the time spending together more than and anything. And does your son have the time to come by for Christmas this year? So I haven't, no, he hasn't. I don't know if he'll come for mm. Christmas this year um, just because it's so, it's been, yeah, it's been so difficult to like for him to work consistently and he was working in a restaurant oh. when this started. So of course he lost his job oh. and yeah. And so he's been doing other things, but it's been a little of course. difficult, you know, to keep for that for him. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, what about well, you, guys? you know, we you celebrate know? Hanukkah and I know I, I spoke about it before with the decorations. Um, you know, when my son was younger, we, my son, my husband and I don't exchange gifts uh, but my son would uh, be the main person getting gifts and, and my sister's kids. And um, through the years, the, uh, you know, I started, oh, you know, I have a child and there's, there's uh, eight days of Hanukkah. So eight presents <laughs> so slowly started dwindling from eight gifts, eight nice gifts down to eh, maybe four nice gifts. And, you know, like you said, pajamas, socks, you know, this and that. Yes. What do you need? And now all he really, and remember we spoke about this on one of the other podcasts that like, I love still giving gifts to him and, you yeah. know, my sister and mom, you know, don't give their, uh, my, my mom doesn't give us gifts or the kids gifts and, you know, but I love giving gifts. So now for Hanukkah, I will get him whatever he needs. Now I, I hold on. Let me say that again. Not whatever he needs. Something, <laughs> not whatever. Sorry. <laughs> the kid makes more money than I do. So <laughs> fuck that. No, but <laughs> no, I, I will get him something that he might need. And then if it's, if it's too much, then I will split it with him. And like he needed new tires for his very expensive muscle car that 
he is obsessed with. And so you can oh. imagine how much these tires were. And so I, I said, of course, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll split it with you. So I split it with him. And that's his Hanukkah gift, which is this week. But, you know, I still always get him other things. Like I ordered, um, he loves Nike socks and he's always on his feet um, and sweating and all that other stuff. So, you know, I'll, I'll get him some socks. I'll get him some underwear, you know, th- things that he really does need. And that's pretty much it. That's, that's the right. end of that. We, we no, re- no longer give gifts really to family. We all kind of decided that once the kids reached a certain age, you know, like birthdays, yeah, but Hanukkah, no. And then I'll, I'll make, you know, on one of the eight days, I'll make like a, a Hanukkah dinner. But, you know, I have eight days, so <laughs> it doesn't have to be on the first night. And I still do light the menorah. I have an electric menorah and I have um, a beautiful uh, candlelit one. And uh, I just do that every night. That's that's really it. And then that is the end wow, of the holidays. Wow, this was a long podcast—eighty-eight minutes. I we really it got was. into this. There are a lot of holidays. <laughs> a lot of holidays. But you know, after discussing this, <laughs> it's obvious that neither you or I celebrate every single one or feel that we need to. And I, I I mean, after 88 minutes, I think of how much money we could be spending if we really did celebrate each and every one. That'd be a lot of money. I don't know what people that have large families do. I mean, they must have to do like a, like, you know, you pick like a person's name. Oh yeah. I just said, right. They must do something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Okay. So Yes, because it would just be too much. And then I'm sure that they get their own family, you know, their own children gifts on top of having to get, you know, other family members gifts. So it's, I'm kind of happy that I have a small family when it comes to the holidays. So, all right. So Rhonda, please let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Um, So they can find me at the Rhonda Marie on most forms of social media. And my podcast is called. And also tell them really quickly about your clothing line. Oh, so I make shirts. Uh, We do screen print vinyl and a couple other ways that we print them. And that is clothesline apparel company. Um, And the username is just our, our title on most things. Just all right, great. And again, I'm Julie Schrager and you can reach me on all social media platforms at nothing but Julie. And um, also the podcast is nothing but Julie. Uh, You can hear it on any podcast platforms and feel free to subscribe and leave a review. And uh, this is Thursday thoughts with Rhonda Marie. We do this every single week. So we hope that you enjoyed this last episode and hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye Rhonda. Bye everyone. Bye.